Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Alana, Paris, and Kyle, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. On our podcast, we weekly discuss topics that are typically left in the shadows, and we do our best to shine God's light and love onto them. Welcome here. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're doing part two with... Um, Samantha ends, so Kyle's lovely wife. It's been such a treasure visiting with her. <laughs> it's just so lovely. Samantha, you're fantastic. Thank you. Um, and I'm excited for this part of, of the interview. Just getting into like the really nitty gritty sort of personal, um, I don't know, body comparison, yeah. like more I guess my story there's just so much yes 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 how you felt um yeah how did you cope Mm -hmm. all that jazz so I think this is this will be so good I'm thank you for answering all these questions because I'm sure it's not the easiest (laughs) no but it's so good it's even done like it's been Mm -hmm. so good just for myself and for Kyle in the past two weeks just going through these questions and yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been so good. 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 Okay. So on this topic of it being more on like personal thoughts, the issues, personal issues I went through, I want all of you, I'm guessing that the majority of you that sent these in, actually, I know that the majority of you that sent these in um, were women. These are the thoughts and questions mm-hmm. that, and struggles that hit home for me. Like these ones, I was like all in the feels. I was like facing a spouse. Mm-hmm. with a porn addiction or a porn problem is so hard it's not just hard because you know that they're doing something but it really impacts our body image and how we view ourselves mm. um and our self-worth yeah. and our self-esteem and I just want you guys to know that there's so much hope like God promises hope and mm-hmm. I am living proof that he doesn't disappoint so just like know mm-hmm. that in the hurt of these questions you asked there is so much hope so that's like yes. that's my prayer through these that you would hear that there is just so much hope for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes because some of these questions are really like like okay well for example number one here let's start with this one so like how have you dealt with comparing yourself against the woman women and the things that he's seen like that's like a yeah. <laughs> That's a big question. Um, like I said, like these thoughts ran rampant in my head all day, every day mm-hmm. for seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and to this day, they're still, they're still there. There's still moments of this. Um, mm-hmm. But like the thought of comparing myself to other women, um, wondering if I'll ever be good enough or measure up to the things he's watched has probably been one of the hardest struggles. Um, it's still... Yeah a conscious battle that I have to fight. Um, it's obviously better now that he's almost 500 days clean, but mm-hmm. it's just something that like I would, I don't even know how to say like how I dealt with it. I just had to come to him every time and literally tell myself he chooses me. He chooses mm-hmm. me for who I am. Yeah. Um, And that, and I said this in the last episode too, that the porn addiction is just that. It's an addiction. It's an addiction to a feeling. Um, 
Right. It's not that he is seeking out women based on their looks. And that was a hard thing for me to grasp. It's, yes, obviously he's not just seeking out whoever on the internet. He's seeking out whatever someone he finds attractive. But he's doing it to receive a certain feeling. And that's based on the wiring, the rewiring of his brain based on the addiction. And there's a whole science behind that. But so with that, I tell myself like, yes, those images like made him feel a certain way, but he's choosing to love me. He doesn't love those women. Yes. He loves me Mm -hmm. and he is married and chooses me over and over and over again. Like if the addiction could stop, Mm -hmm. he would because he enjoys me better. Yes. Like there's no. Yes. And I feel like it almost comes down to trust Absolutely. too. Absolutely. It has to come down to the trust that no, no, I trust that you will still like, like you were saying, like he chooses yeah. me, like trust that he still loves you because, you know, we've actually gotten questions about this too. It's like, um, you know, I'm worried about like my insecurities and if I would share them with my husband, then he would also see my insecurities and then love me less. No. And it's like, well, no. No, like you're like for better yeah. for worse. Like you said it in the last episode, right? Like this is your person. You're gonna get old and wrinkly, and you gotta trust that your husband's gonna yeah. love you then too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. So. Like he, and like we've been through different seasons together. Like we've had five pregnancies, mm-hmm. four babies in a matter of four and a half, mm-hmm. five years. My body has looked vastly different in those five years. Yeah, and I mean now we're done having babies, and my body looks vastly different than what it did when we got married. And yeah, he still chooses me. And that's mm-hmm. what's important. Like, mm-hmm. And the other thing too that helped to deal with the fact of comparing what he had seen is there's no connection to the women that he's seen. It's right. a face yeah. on a screen. You don't know that person's heart. You don't know that person's spirit. You don't have a conversation. You don't have a relationship with them. And as much as culture and everybody preaches oh men just want sex men just want sex they're all sex driven but they're sex driven with a connection like they want to know Hmm. that person like that is a part of it and so Mm -hmm. that was something I had to remind myself in overcoming that and hear me out this is something I still like I go to bed with one night and as we're going to bed and he'll look at me one way and I'm like you know what tonight's a night where I'm struggling that am I enough? Like, and he's like, but you can't compare yourself to them because you're different. You're my wife. Like, Mm. so part of coping with that, I guess, and I'm probably mixing up questions here, but is to have like, if you need verbal reassurance, tell your husband that go to him and be like, I need you to affirm that I'm enough. And if your husband listening to this, do this without her asking anyways. Like, just yes, do it. please. <laughs> Tell her that she's enough. <laughs> 90% chance exactly. she'll need it anyway, <laughs> regardless. <not> she's <laughs> dressed up to go somewhere or wearing lingerie. Like, when she's got mascara yeah. under her eyes, her hair in a bun, and she's wearing t-shirts that have got puke on them, tell her that she's mm-hmm. enough. Tell her that she's the one that you are choosing day after day. And don't just tell her she's sexy. Like, that's mm-hmm. cool and all, but, like her spirit needs to know like her soul needs to know that she, you're mm-hmm. she's who you're choosing and so like i physically had to mm-hmm. tell kyle I'm like you need 
to affirm that I'm enough because I question it yeah. because of what you've seen. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oof. No, that's good. So did you struggle with um, thoughts of him not finding you attractive or not wanting you? And then that would be why he was looking at porn. Absolutely. This, mm. these thoughts, you are not alone and you're not weird if you're facing these. Like this was definitely at its highest during pregnancies and early postpartum. Yeah. Because our bodies change. And I don't know how everyone feels, but I didn't always feel the most attractive at 39 weeks pregnant. (laughs) Or at (laughs) what? Six (laughs) months or six weeks postpartum. Like those just weren't Mm -hmm. my finest moments. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And that's often when during his addiction period, that's when porn was the highest. And I now can see I this was my thought like that's what I connected it to was oh well because I look this way during pregnancy he's looking at porn because the women he's looking at are not pregnant right but in hindsight now that's the devil at work knowing that this is a weak part like obviously our sex life wasn't at the best part in either of those situations like you go through a healing period postpartum you go through just darn it being uncomfortable at the end of your pregnancy but Mm -hmm. so that's the devil's obviously going to prey on that but with Mm -hmm. that in mind like the best reminder I had for myself was that what he was going through is an addiction. He doesn't love what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me. And it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with you if your husband's doing this or your wife is doing this. But yes, I would roller coaster with my emotions up and down. Um, yeah. And I, and I would always try to be like them. I'm doing air quotes, but I'm, yeah, I could always, I right. would always try and be like those women. And like, I don't know. I don't even know how I thought I could be like them. I'd have never even seen any of it. But anyways, but it failed because it was never about yeah. me not measuring up. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. not what his addiction was about. He was not addicted to porn because I didn't look good enough. He was addicted to porn well before I met him. Right. So yes. therefore it can't be about me. But mm-hmm. yes, those thoughts still come because that's what the devil wants. The devil wants to think that you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And therefore. Yes. He has to find something else because, well, and that's, again, making it about you. Right. It's not about me. Yes. It's an addiction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be like, like a t-shirt. It's <laughs> not about me. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is, a, this is a hard question, too. It's a good one. Uh, yeah. um, did you feel less than because of what he watched? Yeah. Also, yes. So much yes um I felt like no matter how much sex we had or how adventurous or how risque it was never enough and it was like Mm -hmm. it felt like it was never enough because he was still out looking at porn and that was right beyond discouraging because yeah early in our marriage I didn't love sex and now I know why because there was porn involved and like Mm -hmm. one of my mentors said like he's defiling our marriage bed like our sex life is no longer just between the two of us He's getting sexual satisfaction with somebody else, with something else. Right. And so that's, I think, part of the reason why I didn't love sex so much because it was never the way God intended it to be. And so because I was never, like, jacked up, excited, well, not never, rarely jacked up, excited Mm -hmm. about it, in my head I'm like, I'm always trying to, like, do more, 
like be more adventurous beyond what I really right. am comfortable with or want. Right. Um, like performing. Yeah, almost. basically. Yeah, exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it was never enough. Um, but again, that was me coming to it thinking that I was the solution to a problem I could fix. And none of that was the case. So yes. like, but yes, I always felt less than because of what he watched. Like we, whatever, would finish having sex and I'd be like, he probably watched better, whatever, last week. Oh. And like those were, and I didn't tell him that for years. And now yeah, those thoughts still come and those thoughts still come after sex sometimes. And he's, he's mm-hmm. very in tune with how I feel. And so mm-hmm. he can look at me and be like, what's up? And I'll be like, I just struggle with still thinking that I'm enough, even though you've seen so much wilder and crazier. And I'm only guessing. I actually have no clue what he's seen. Um, right. Things. And that, and he's like, Sam, you know better than this. And I was like, I know. Just telling you, this is what's in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay. But that's. This is my truth right this now. This is my truth. This is exactly how I feel. Um, but on that topic, yeah. I'll quickly say, we talked about earlier about how be careful what you ask for. I've mm-hmm. always had in the back of my head, I'm like, I want to know what he's looked at. And every time I come to that question, I'm like, but I don't. Like, yeah. I do. But for what purpose? Am I going to yes. try and perform them? No. Yeah. And like, what good is this going to do? And it's mm-hmm. none. So yeah. my advice to you is if you think you want to know, you probably don't. Yeah. There's probably no benefit to knowing at all. Right. Like, why would that be productive for anybody? Yeah. Like, he's then thinking yeah. about it again. Not productive. Yeah. I'm then going to stress about it. Not productive. So side note yeah. to that. Don't ask. Mm-hmm. It's probably mm-hmm. not beneficial. Yeah. I spent many nights crying and angry at Kyle for defiling our marriage bed and our sex life. And sir, and I spent years searching for validation that I was enough and I was enough in the bedroom. Um, and it wasn't until he started counseling that it sunk in for the both of us that it had nothing to do with me or my performance Mm -hmm. in or out of the bedroom. Um, but because that was my thinking pattern for so long, it's taken a lot of time and a lot of patience on both of our parts to relearn that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I purposely don't say undo it because it can't be undone. Like I can't right. undo that work that my mm-hmm. brain has. Um, just as Kyle's like retraining his brain through counseling and all that stuff. Like I have to retrain my brain every time that thought comes in to be like, no, I'm enough. I'm not performing for him. Mm-hmm. He's my husband. And that's enough. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just constant retraining and it is so much work and it is exhausting but I will say mm-hmm. it is worth it <laughs> it is yes. so so worth it <laughs> yeah there's the hope part of it. <laughs> it's coming sorry yeah <laughs> this has not been very helpful <laughs> <this part>. <laughs> <laughs> okay the next one is another doozy just oh, yeah. just it's just body insecurity which I, I thought was like a there was a common theme of that in lots yeah. of the questions as well just like struggling with body insecurity yeah um and I've said it before like either pregnant postpartum or every stage in between like I would spiral when I would get screenshots of you know what he had seen um I would feel bad for like not working out and then resent my body and 
Ugh. It would just like go on and on and on and on because you're always like, well, that must like yeah. you're looking for some reason as to why this keeps happening. You're con- like right. you just you want a concrete answer. Like, why can I not? Why does this not just stop? Like, what is the root mm-hmm. of why this is going on? Um, mm-hmm. But when he started counseling, like, and they, I guess, labeled him, which for me I loved because I'm a type A personality. Um, but they labeled him like a biological sex addict, and that gave a reason to it. Like that is the way because he had seen it since a young age. His brain was wired to always desire sex. And I was like, huh, right. That's why it is. It's not because I need to lose five pounds or it's not because I don't do this or don't do that or don't wear lingerie enough or don't act this way. Mm -hmm. Like that's nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that helped. Um, But yeah, but if I was constantly comparing to myself to them, like I'm not going to feel good about myself, which isn't going to translate well into our bedroom and our sex life. Like Mm -hmm. this is where my own work of this had to come in. Like I have to just feel confident about where I'm at. Like I still get insecure, but I'll voice it to Kyle and like he reaffirms it and all that stuff. But it's a work on my end to acknowledge like my body is what it is. Like, and I'm not saying like be lazy and you never work out and you let yourself, right? whatever. Like You're still healthy and you still take care of the body you're given, <laughs> but yes. you're not working to perform like them or to be like them. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. that's in the past and God made you the way you are for your husband. Like y- you have to remember God ordained that marriage for the two of you. Yes. Like yes. he knew exactly what your body was going to look like. He knew exactly what your husband was going to want. And he put the two of you together mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. And when like yeah. now that we're living, I would say like in the freedom of the way God intended our sex life and marriage to be like, it's so fun there's still hard days but it's so fun and it is absolutely beautiful so like doing the work is so worth it like yeah I can't stress that enough it's so worth it (laughs) okay so yes then back to like the nitty-gritties of what so many other people are are wondering and asking and whatnot um did you feel angry and resentful at him and all of this happening of course and if you're feeling Mm -hmm. that way Absolutely. Um, I think these feelings are natural and they're not necessarily wrong um, because what your spouse is doing to you hurts. Um, So in all of this, don't get me wrong that like you have to just be his cheerleader and love it and be fine with it. Like, no, it hurts. But what I do think is wrong is like refusing to deal with your emotions and move past them. That's, that's wrong. So Mm -hmm. the way you feel is absolutely valid, but whether it's with a mentor or through counseling or through prayer or all of the above, like you've got to move past it. You have mm-hmm. to move from a place of being yes. angry and resentful to a place of, and this will come too with like your spouse having healing and not doing this. So hopefully this is kind of a tandem thing going on. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But to a place of like gratitude and thankfulness and like, yeah, there'll be a question that comes up about like whether or not I'm glad this kind of happened and, We'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, I would just say mm-hmm. like, yes, those feelings are valid, but work, like mm-hmm. pray through them because God has so much better for you than being resentful mm-hmm. to your husband. Um, what about within that sort of feelings of like betrayal because of the pleasure he received from like these other women? Um, yeah, 
hundred percent. It hurt to think about it. Um, I tried my best not to dwell on them. Um, I had this yeah. verse literally posted note around our house, which I think Crow, in a like didn't hurt Crow, but in a way was like, oh, this is how much it hurts her. Like kind of a realization right. for him. Um, was Second mm-hmm. Corinthians ten five, where it says like we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Like every mm. thought had to go to Christ. Yeah, because these arguments and these pretensions that were setting itself up, they were against the knowledge of God. This is not what right. God says. This is not the truth. Yeah. So it had to be taken to Him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Keeping the sins separate from the sinner also somewhat helped me. Um, like the addiction was one thing. Kyle's another. Kyle is not all right. like just the addiction. He is so much more than that as well. So like he is a good right. person with a sin mm-hmm. problem, just like you and I. Mm-hmm. His sin just happens to be mm-hmm. different and mm-hmm. bigger. Some what feels is bigger sometimes. So right, but yeah, um, yeah. Okay, another question was, how did you get over the idea that the things he wants in sex would be recreations <laughs> of what he's seen? Oh, this is, as he got, as we went through healing, this is something I would say mm-hmm. came out more because right. with his healing, he was like, well, I'm not looking at it, so you should be fine. And I was like, slow your roll. And he'd be like, can we try this, right. this, and this? And I'm like, ooh, I'm a very like, generally vanilla person just i'm good mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. and yeah. this freaked me out and i was like oh this is all because of what he's seen so communication right common theme um mm-hmm. talk 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 every, and i mean there's you guys are always doing circles every time somebody wants to do something new it has to be consensual like you yes just do it together um yeah so if he suggested something new or he wanted to try something different um we would talk about it i sometimes would just ask him straight up do you want this because you watched it and he'd be like what are you smoking like no (laughs) no (laughs) and so like obviously but then usually our answers would come to like either yes not right now or it's like a hard no like i'm definitely not into that at all or Mm -hmm. like and so we would kind of put it on that scale and that would give him some Mm -hmm. idea of where i'm at and it would give me like yeah. just a place to put it. Um, yeah. But something he always told me too, he was like, Sam, you have to remember that even if he'd, even if he'd never, ever, ever seen porn, he's not going to want to spend his entire married life doing the same thing. He's right. going to be bored. <laughs> right. Without porn, he's still going to be bored. Like God gave us an imagination and the ability to explore each other. So like yeah. not every idea comes from porn or a tainted culture. Yes. And I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. That, that one really hit home for me. I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Stupid me. <laughs> I just never, th- I, n- <laughs> I didn't put two and two together with that. And so once he said that, I was like, that makes complete sense that no, you wouldn't just do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Variety is good. And so, mm-hmm. and for us, like variety comes slowly because that's just who I am. So talk to your spouse, yeah. get on yeah. a, get on the same page yeah no that's really good okay another question was do you get anxiety when these conversations come up no because usually I'm the one leading them like if these conversations come up it's because I have 
I'm curious about something or I want clarification or something. Um, and mm. Kyle has always had ample respect for me that he will answer my questions until I feel hard and I feel like it's been answered adequately. Um, yeah. but like I mentioned before, I've learned the hard way to be careful about what I ask about. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, some things aren't beneficial, but no, I don't generally get anxious about this. And I mean, maybe that's because I'm not anticipating conversations about a relapse right now. Like he's doing right. so well. And so, yeah, there yeah. was moments of anxiety because sometimes I'd ask him, how's your day with a certain look in my face. Right. But at that point I knew what I was asking for. So I knew what answer was coming or could come. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's good. Okay. So, um, we mentioned in the last episode, Kyle's job. Yeah. And so, so Kyle's a registered massage therapist. So then how would you feel about opposite sex work situations? Like, him working with other women or like massaging other women exactly yeah so Kyle's in a closed room all day long with his patients generally having clothes removed so this was something I had to come to terms with a long time ago like Mm -hmm. the day we got married um Mm -hmm. it generally does not phase me I have a lot of friends who come up to me and they're like you know Kyle touches naked women all day long in a room with a closed (laughs) door and I'm like yeah I do (laughs) like I could dwell on that and it's going to ruin our marriage Mm -hmm. or I can trust him and be okay with it. Like I've had seasons Mm -hmm. where I'm like, that's weird. He keeps mentioning that patient's name and he, you know, again, Kyle's a terrible liar. He tells me what's up and I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, I also went through a season that there was a female coworker who I love to death and she's never given me any reason to disrespect her. And Kyle has never done anything Mm -hmm. to make me question about this. Um, Mm -hmm. But she had just gone through a breakup and Kyle and her used to swap massages all the time because we don't have benefits for massages. So they would just like swap each other to get a massage, Um, which is hundred percent legit because why not? But there was a season where I said, you know what? I don't think this is best. She's just out of, a relationship she doesn't love jesus but and that's i mean yeah but i'm like i don't think this is best and he was like yeah absolutely and it actually hasn't come back up again but so mm-hmm. there's seasons but it's constant communication yeah it's just it is what it is and yeah like some people and you know what god again put the two of us together he knew what kyle's job was going to be and he knew i would be a good fit for him because it doesn't stress me out constantly it's mm-hmm. something I've just let go. Yeah. I simply don't think about it 90% of the day. It just yeah. is what it is. So what would, or what to do when the memories come to mind is the next question. Second Corinthians 10.5. Take every thought captive mm-hmm. and bring it to God. Um, mm-hmm. I have, a, have to make a conscious choice not to let my mind be consumed by it. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. When they come, I acknowledge the feeling. I decide if it's something I need to bring up to Kyle and seek clarification or discuss it with or, you know, like, oh, is this really bugging me? Like, do I need to talk to him about it? Um, Or is it just the devil feeding me lies to be insecure? Um, The devil's Mm -hmm. had a lot of footholds in our marriage, like seven years worth. So I'm generally done (laughs) when I can be. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's not something that needs clarification, 
or to be discussed, I simply just drop it. I move on. Yeah. I say, no, nope, not mm-hmm. today. And off we go. But if it keeps coming up and keep bugging, this certain memory keeps bugging me, I'll just tell Kyle. And then we pray over it and generally it goes away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, that's good. Next one is, how have you gotten over it? Um, I don't think we'll ever get over it. It's a part of our story. Um, yeah. But the like pain and the guilt and the shame and the hurt and all of that, like mm-hmm. I've seen firsthand the victory in his life. Yes. Like legit mm-hmm. victory. And this is something like I, none of you can see me besides Lana, but like it gives me the biggest smile. Like I am so pumped when I yeah. get to talk about the victory in his life. Like I just want to tell everybody. It's not my story to tell. It's his, but <laughs> like, I'm just insanely grateful and like, but yes, so proud mm-hmm. of him. Like watching your spouse succeed at something and take victory over sin is to me like one of life's greatest joys. Like how mm-hmm. cool that I get to witness this victory. And so like, yeah. I'm choosing to focus on that first. Like, Oh, look at the hurdle we had to overcome. And like, look at this and look right. at that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of work to do. But you know what? Mm-hmm. There's a victory to celebrate, and that is so cool. And every day's a victory. Mm-hmm. So that's so cool, because yeah. he could easily be tempted again. It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll ever like get no. over it, but I like the victory better. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. It has become like a beautiful thing in in your story, and I love that. What helped you stop believing the lies that the addiction was about you? Um, so yeah, understanding the wiring of the brain with an addiction, mm-hmm. like getting to the science of it. And I am not a science person at all. Like, I'd rather <laughs> do history and socials and give me anything but mm. science. But, mm-hmm. um, our church did some great sermons on like addictions in general and how the brain works and understanding things. And so understanding how Kyle's brain was being chemically wired to seek sex and the pleasure from it, like all the time made it easier to realize that it wasn't mm-hmm. about me. Like right. he just wanted that feeling and that dopamine that just keeps mm-hmm. going and going and going. Um, so that made a huge difference. Also communication, like talking to him, he understood what was going on. Um, even though he couldn't defeat it at the time. So he was good at un- like trying to get me to understand from his perspective. Um, right. now that he's been clean, like I can see that that's the case because nothing drastic about me has changed. And so mm-hmm. like, plus if it was right. about me, then something I did to try and fix it would have actually worked and it never did. Right. So, yeah. So how did his addiction then impact your desire for sex? So because his sex drive was so high, my sex drive was the exact opposite. I think I told him at one point I could go months without sex and not feel bad. Not the healthiest marriage. Um, But it just felt very dutiful for me like I was having sex with him yeah. to hopefully prevent him from looking at porn yeah that's why it was not to connect in the marriage but it was not anything about that um so when he did relapse yeah. I would internalize it and think that I wasn't performing performing well or often enough right um yeah but I can gladly say that that's not the case now mm-hmm. so it's yeah but yeah it was it has a negative effect on your sex life for sure Okay, so what are some of your triggers? Um, Like, are you scared of him looking at other women or whatnot? Like, what does that look like for you? 
So this I thought was a really weird question or like interesting question because I'd never yeah. thought about this. I was like, I don't everyone. Mm. And like they said that in the question, like everyone always talks about the addicts triggers, but not mm. the spouse. And I was like, oh, weird. Um, so this one actually took me a while to get through, but I realized yeah. that some things that trigger me are like Kyle wanting to try new things in the bedroom or something more risque, right. um, make me feel anxious because my mind immediately goes, oh, it's because he's seen it. Right. And then I have to yeah. battle that lie. Um, I'm not super triggered about other women. Like I feel concerned and aware about how he feels in those situations, but it doesn't stress mm-hmm. me out. I don't, I know, right. I think I know him well enough that he doesn't sexualize every woman he's, every woman he sees. Right. That's, that's not, and I'm not saying that's every man or every guy or anything, mm-hmm. but that's not his struggle with it. Um, so, and I know he's also constantly working on acknowledging like, Hey, that's a good looking woman. And then off we go. Right. Like, and then all, mm-hmm. it's no different than like, yeah, the sky's blue and the grass is green and right on we go. <laughs> like, <laughs> on we go. Like Onward. So, and that's, yeah. But that's for me is definitely, and Kyle knows that about me. Like that's not, mm-hmm. so he's very, he treads lightly about bringing up those topics. No, that's good. Just a lot of grace. Okay, so someone asked, yeah, yeah. Um, so someone asked, how did her own experience, so your own experiences with struggling or not struggling with lust affect the journey with Kyle? So I've not struggled with lust or pornography. So because of that, mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't really understand what he was going through. Like in my head, I was like, right. just get over it. Like, Right. Um, I also, Yeah, pretty much. Like, this is dumb. This hurts me. So stop. Um, yeah. But I also didn't grow up with people in my life that have had addictions of any kind so I think I struggle to understand Mm -hmm. the concept and how an addiction worked on people or someone right um I had a couple negative sexual experiences when I was younger and bad relationships that have shaped me so that made things more complicated for us um just because I was more prone to anxiety and like internalizing his addiction um Mm -hmm. but as the years went on like around year six I would say that I began to understand so six years of nonsense and difficulty um I think another thing I tried not to do is like talk always super negatively about it like it's just six years of nonsense like yeah it was hard but it just it is what it is um yeah but I would say that I began to understand his addiction to porn and it had very little to do with me and so at that point I started to just be able to separate the difference and that made his relapses easier on me still hurt our marriage but it had less to do about me Mm-hmm. And that's also when I started realizing he needed counseling because it had nothing to do with me and I can't fix it. Yes. Yes. You're here. No, that's good. So then did you wonder if things you do with him sexually would trigger him? Um, yeah, sometimes. Um, if they, if I think like, oh, we're doing this and like, is that going to cause him to want to go look at it or seek it out? Um, right. I generally try not to think about them very long because I trust Mm -hmm. him. I know he's working Mm -hmm. hard at this. I know there's victory in this. Mm -hmm. Um, If I feel like it's a bigger deal, I'll bring them up to him quickly and we have an honest conversation about it and we move on. Yeah. How did you remain faithful? This question is a big question, but our answer was so simple. Divorce was never on the table. We've always said it would be death before divorce. Hmm. always and so I knew no matter what 
I was married to this man and he is a good man and he is for me and he would kick this addiction as soon as he could. Like he didn't love this. He didn't love it at all. And so, yeah, it was, it's a conscious choice. Mm -hmm. I'm not leaving you over this. I'm here to support you. I'm here to be your help. I am here to pray for you. I, Mm -hmm. in his lowest moments of seeking out porn, I'm not about to abandon him. Right. That's not, that's not what we're about. I'm here to walk with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that remembering that this wasn't about me and by making it about me, that means that I feel I get validated to leave, but it's not, Mm. it's not, this is the story God Mm. wrote for us and we're in it for life, no matter how hard. Cause in my head, I'm like, this might not be the hardest thing we walk through. Who knows? I don't know what's ahead, but I vowed to be married to you till death do us part. And we're not dead. So let's keep going here. Um, do you secretly wonder if he's fallen back into old habits or has the potential to? I don't secretly wonder because if I'm wondering, I'll ask. Um, hmm. If I wonder, then it's just in my head and that generally doesn't go well um, for things like this. So if I'm wondering, I'll ask mm-hmm. him and I trust his answers. But does he have the potential to? Absolutely. We all have the potential yeah. to fall back into sin. Every single mm-hmm. one of us. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's like I said earlier, like we're never going to be rid of this. This is a constant fight. This is a lifelong mm-hmm. fight that we're in and we're in it mm-hmm. forever. Um, we're going to be constantly mm-hmm. vigilant. We're going to be praying against it. We're going to be keeping accountability things in place. Um, yeah. yeah, we're all sinners, so we can all fall back into sin. No, that's good. Um, okay. How did you love no how did you support and not withhold love while knowing all the things that you did um I knew that withholding love and support wouldn't lead us to a better place um and while Kyle was in like the thick of his porn addiction like he was struggling to lead and so for a season it was I needed to be the leader and I knew that I needed to love him because if I was sinning Mm. and I was hurting and I was feeling shameful. I didn't need my best friend to abandon me. Yeah. I needed my best friend to be there. And did it hurt? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But my love never wavered. I knew he needed that more than anything. And I knew he was more than just the addiction. And so when it was really hard to love him, Mm -hmm. I just made a conscious effort to be like, but outside of that addiction, like if that addiction were to leave, do I love this person? Absolutely. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's my goal. Okay. So a question was what to do if he's feeling shame and doesn't want to talk about it. Um, like porn was something in the past, but still doesn't want to talk about it. Um, my advice would just be to give him time. Don't bring it up in a condescending way. Um, like let him know before you bring it up that you're his cheerleader that you're his partner. Mm-hmm. You're not there to like stress out and freak out when he tells you what he saw or what he, whatever, what it all looked like. Um, because if he's already feeling shame and doesn't want to talk about it, 
then he doesn't need more of that from you. He needs to know that like yes. there is no shame in this and that bringing it to light is a good thing. Um, but also if it was in the past question, like just check your heart as to why, what you need to know and why you want to know it. Like mm, that's a good question. If it's not prevalent now, what, like, what are you wanting to know from his past about it? Because certain details are going to do more harm and he might not want to talk about it because he doesn't want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that might be a side of it. And in that case, you need to respect him because he's trying his best to protect you. Um, how did you guys begin to have the conversation about the porn addiction? Um, as Kyle mentioned, I went to freedom session for anxiety and I went to his house or his parents' house that after the first night and I was like, I was throwing a mild tantrum about going to this because I was like, it's going to be so hard and so emotional and I don't want to. I went anyways, because he told me you need to go. It's good for you. So I went and then I came over there and he was like, I need to tell you something. I was like, what? He's like, so while you were there, I was looking at porn and I looked at him and I was like, are you for real? I was like, well, that's simple. You're coming with me next week. And he was like, oh, so that's how that conversation came about. Um, I was really upset and later had tears because at first I was just dumbfounded. I was like, if you think I'm going to put myself through this program, which is hard, extremely emotionally hard, like super beneficial, but super hard. You are not going to sit around at home and hurt me and us like that. Like good joke. So Mm -hmm. he attended freedom session with me and that wasn't, that wasn't God's timing and curing it um, or setting him free of it. I think it helped in some ways, but the idea of an actual like addiction, I think I was always scared to call it that because I was scared for what our future would look like with it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he came home with the diagnosis in May of 2021, it didn't scare me anymore because at that point I realized that's exactly what it was. And at least with an addiction, there's tends to be a plan to help get an addict out of their addictions versus it just being, Oh, it's just a problem. Right. It's like floundering and trying to figure it out. And Mm. this actually had like a concrete answer to it. So. Right. Oh, okay. This is an Mm -hmm. interesting question. So someone said safe to have kids. What if he relapses? So this question, someone, I think what they were getting at was they are scared to have kids with their partner. Right. Um, I'm guessing their partner has a porn addiction and they're wondering, is it safe mm-hmm. to have kids? And like, what happens if Kyle relapses? Um, mm-hmm. So obviously we have four boys. So mm-hmm. um, this porn issue was not a make or break issue on us having kids at all. Um, I I don't really know if I ever really thought through the implications of having kids while Kyle had a porn addiction. Mm-hmm. Um it's just something that we take each day and claim a victory over. And if, if he relapses, then we go back to step one of recovery and we start again. Like I know recovery is possible. I've seen it. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if something were to come up and there's a relapse, well, we would figure out why all of a sudden things changed mm-hmm. and we go back to the plan that's in place that had him have victory in the first place. And as for like the addiction with kids, like even if Kyle had never had this addiction, it by no means that our kids would never be exposed to porn. 
whatsoever. Right. Those conversations are already starting to be had in our house about, you know, what we see and what we look at and how some things might make us feel good, but that doesn't mean that they are good to view. And what's God's view of marriage? Like right. they are age appropriate conversations that are starting to be had. Um, mm-hmm. I think in a roundabout way, this addiction makes me and Kyle more aware and more in tune to the conversations that we can and we are having to protect our boys from this happening to one of them. Yeah. Cause I don't want this for their future wife. And Kyle doesn't want this for them. Like, well, neither of us do, but like, yeah. 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 So I, yeah, I would say if you and your spouse are in a good place and you can kind of separate the porn addiction out, like, yes, have kids. It's not going to fix the porn problem. Right. Just like people think that, you know, getting married will fix a relationship. Yeah. No, yeah, Yeah, absolutely not. But Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. not say it's a deal breaker. Because there's mm-hmm. victory. There is victory to be had. So did you have any verses that helped you battle the lie that it wasn't your fault? So there were four that stuck mm-hmm. with me through various seasons. Um, so we've already talked about 2 Corinthians 10.5, about taking every captive right. thought. Um, the other one, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, about do not be anxious about anything. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, and the fact that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart mm. and minds in Christ Jesus. That one was huge. Um, Deuteronomy 3.16, or 3.6, Wow. Be strong and courageous. Do not be in, do not fear or be in dread for it is the Lord, your God who goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake mm. you. So like in those dark moments when like, I seriously just felt alone, I was like, he's never going to quit this. I'm going to be stuck in this marriage. This is awful. Like God's never going to leave me or forsake me. And I would just cry. I would cry that verse out being like, I know you say this, but I don't understand. And it's all good. God's God heard and God knew. And his call to me was just to remain faithful. That's all I was asked. Um, Mm -hmm. The last one was, it's been a favorite verse of mine the whole time is Romans 8, 37, 39. Um, in all things we are more than conquerors and so this one was for me but also I would just constantly pray over Kyle like he is in more than a mm. conqueror over porn um, yeah nor powers nor height nor depth or anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus so those four you know those are so, so good, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when did you begin to believe that he was sober and how did he demonstrate it um so every day he had an all clear um I consider it a sober day um but when it began to sink in that this was like might actually be the time that lasted um was when he hit 100 days I remember like Mm. because I wasn't his accountability partner I didn't know what day he was at exactly I could guess but unless I either asked him or checked his phone and I didn't want to be checking over his shoulder all the time like I wanted him, yeah. him to be in charge of this. Um, but yeah, when he had a hundred days, I was like, wow, like a hundred days is a long time in the sense, like that's awesome. And then, mm-hmm. um, his one year, like, I think I was more jacked up than he was that he had a year. <laughs> like I was pumped. like, we actually made it a big celebration. Like we had babysitters for the kids. We went out downtown, got a hotel night, went out for a fancy dinner. Like it was a big deal. I was like, no, 
you darn right oh, I love need that. to be celebrated. Like, I'm yeah. pumped. So like, and he loved it. He was like, this was so cool. Like to know that you thought of this. I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? I've been counting down the days. <laughs> oh, um, must have been so proud of himself yeah. too. Like but I he would, there'd be so much like. He doesn't love to show that he's proud of things. And I was like, this is something you have a right to brag about. Like this is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't, I will. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pumped. Yeah. Um, but again, with that, like neither of us can grow lazy in his recovery. Like a slip up is exactly mm-hmm. what the devil's after and is a hundred percent possible. So like, we're just going to keep cheering right. every day. That's a victory. And like the funny thing about the addiction is, is his brain is being rewired and we've had to find like our new normal in our sex life. Mm-hmm. He desires it less because the addiction is waning. Like so he doesn't mm. desire sex or that satisfying feeling as much because we're rewiring yeah. the addiction. And so like it's getting easier on him the longer he goes without it. Yeah. Which yeah. is also encouraging to him <laughs> and yeah. me because our sex life yeah. is much more on an even playing yes. field. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, less like teeter totter yeah. situation. Yeah, no, that's good. We're almost ready to wrap this yeah. up here. So, um, when you would tell other people that they treat you strange because porn has been so normalized, it's like I've said before. This wasn't a conversation I had with many people. Like this wasn't a frequent like small talk story. Um, right. It was just something I would always ask him before sharing with anyone. Um, except then all of a sudden I was up at the lake and he's like, by the way, I'm sharing my story on the podcast. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, how about you tell your parents? Um, right. <laughs> <she eventually> did. <laughs> but, um, I did eventually oh, share it with so some funny. of my close friends. I am intentional with the fact I will only tell people this who love Jesus. Um, mm. and I guess now that I've seen victory, I would, be willing to tell people who don't love Jesus as a testimony to God's power. But in the thick of this, right. I would only tell people who love Jesus because of that. Like people who don't mm-hmm. like are just live in the culture. They don't care. Like, so what your yeah. husband looks at porn? Like no big deal. They're yeah. like, so what? So yeah, is mine. Exactly. Get over it. Mm-hmm. And so that wasn't yeah. the right setting. And I didn't need that. And Kyle didn't need that. And so I've never been treated strangely because of it because I've shared it mm-hmm. with people who I trust and I know love mm-hmm. Jesus and are only going to be beneficial to knowing like they'll pray for us. Mm-hmm. They'll check in on us. Like they're not just going to gossip about us. No, no, that's really, really good. Okay. Last one. Last question. Um, how did you decide that staying with someone with a porn addiction was good for you? Um, it's not good for me. <laughs> It's not. Um, right. It hurt. It wasn't good for me. I don't think. Yeah. I think it caused yeah. a lot of damage and a lot of hurt. Um, but the best part of this is that we made vows on our wedding day that said, in sickness and in health, mm-hmm. until death do us part. Um, divorce was never an option. So mm-hmm. I decided eight years ago that I was staying with this person. And I knew when I married him, he looked at porn. So. I knew coming right. into this what I was getting myself into. I didn't think it would be this bad or last this mm-hmm. long. But um, right. but yeah, being married to a porn addict wasn't good for me. But it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. 
about a story that God has redeemed. And like now, mm-hmm. look at the glory it gets to bring God through his victory. Like mm-hmm. we get to sit here and be testaments to God's grace because there is a lot of grace that's gone on in our marriage. It's it wasn't about me. It wasn't it wasn't the best. It didn't make me didn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. But marriage isn't about making me feel happy. It's about bringing glory yeah. to God doing our work here. Yeah. And our work here is overcoming porn and now getting the, the crazy opportunity which still blows my mind to talk about it. Right. <laughs> and bring hope to people that yeah. are in the thick of it because I've been there. I get it. It hurts. But there is so much hope. And I can tell you, if you put the work in, both spouses, that like your marriage, not just your sex life, but like your marriage is infinitely better. Infinitely. Mm. Like in this last year, I'm like, I we fight less. And there's obviously reasons for that, but we're just each other's best friends. Like I love just being with Kyle. Like it's Mm -hmm. because there isn't the sin and the tension and the hurt in there. Like it's so good. But at the same time, I know it hurts if you're in it, but have hope and pray. God is there and he will not leave you there. Hey friends, thank you so much for hanging with us today as we dive deeper into meaningful, godly intimacy, tackle the hard questions, and embrace truth while we're at it. We're also on Instagram. You can find our handle in the show notes alongside any resource links we mentioned in the show. As always, our hearts are to cultivate deep community and freedom with you guys. We are so honored to walk this journey alongside you. We'll see you in the next episode.